You're listening to SpecScript. Today's episode, Transparent, by Lexi Hack, for the first official SpecScript Seattle, baby. Hey there, SpecScript pals. It's Chris with the good old SpecScript news. Want to know where you can see us next? Well, here you go. Uh, This very Sunday, September 15th, in Portland, Oregon, we're going to be at the Rose City Comic Con. Our second year doing this, we're going to be doing an episode of Doctor Who written by Karina Lucas. And it's going to star Riley Silverman. We're going to see the return of Mark the Movie Man. Shane and I will be there, of course. Alexandra will be there, of course. Cool people. Katie Pride of uh, Books with Pictures, a really cool, amazing uh, Portland-based comic book shop. It's going to be there. Talon Bigelow. It's just, it's going to be wonderful. You're going to love it, Juliet. You're going to love it. All right. What else? So that's 3 p.m. Sunday, September 15th. If you're at Rose City Comic Con, go. If you're debating going, go. All right. What else? Well, you're listening to the first uh, official SpecScript Seattle episode. So, uh, well, the next SpecScript Seattle episode is this Thursday, September 19th. As Doug Gale writes Smallville. Ooh, that's going to be good. Somebody save me a seat to enjoy that. All right, then right after that, on September 20th, Friday, at 5.30, we'll be in Flagstaff, Arizona for the 5th annual good old Big Pine Comedy Festival. We're going to be doing an episode of Empire written by Crystal Adams, who is on our OC episode. This one stars a lot of cool people like... Janae Burris, Richard Douglas Jones, a lot of good Stuart Thompson, good, wonderful, wonderful people. So I'm excited for that. Then what else do we got going on? Oh yeah. Then we're going to be returning to Sacramento in early October. Keep an earball out for that. Then on Sunday, October 13th, Portland Main Show, baby. We're doing another three split episodes, three minisodes. Tales from the Crypt. Ooh, that's going to be spooky. We got Spectrip Faves, Carolyn Maine, and Juliet Milan joining the Two Timers Club. And we got a wonderful new writer, Holgate Brianna, writing one of the three episodes. So Tales from the Crypt, October 13th. Yeah. Uh, then on October 17th, we're back up to Seattle at the Blue Moon uh, with uh, Summer Azim writing an episode. So that's going to be good. And that's the episodes I want to talk about for now. It's a lot of eps, but thank you for making it successful. Uh, also, hey, uh, check out the Ha Ha Harvest Comedy Festival. That's the festival that I put on with Shannon Hunt. It's going to be happening here in Portland, Oregon. It's a comedy festival, November 29th, November 30th, and December 1st. And Mamma Mia, it's going to be great. So check that out. Uh, moving on. Hey, please give us money on Patreon so we can not be as financially stressed. I could buy a better microphone. I could get more storage on my computer. I could hire an editor. You know, I could, you know, Shane and I and everyone could have money. Money is nice. It would be helpful. Uh, So if you do that, that'd be cool. You get early access and we're working on some more fun stuff. You get shout outs like, hey, Juliet Milan and Allison Dennis, you're pretty cool. Get shout outs like that. Really good shout outs. Uh, you'll love to hear it. Uh, so go and uh, please give us money on Patreon. If you want to get involved in the show or just want to build the fan community, join the Specsbook Writers Room Facebook group. And I think that's about it. You know, Instagram, Twitter, like, share, check out fun stuff, and uh, come out to the second Specsbook Seattle if you're in Seattle on September 19th. All right. Thank you and back to the start of the show. 
here comes Chris Hadamay to bring everybody up. Up. You're hip to the tune, but because Festive is also a podcast, this is where we start the podcast point, and uh, I'm going to say a lot of stuff y'all already know, and you can be like, those listeners in, like, Burstershire, England sure don't know what's going on. Uh, anyway, so what we're going to do is I'm going to tell you about the show, and then we're going to bring up the amazing comics, and you're going to applaud for them, like your demons applauding the devil, um, and then they're going to tell you a bit about themselves, as in their name, the character or character is their playing, and uh, their favorite thing about pride. So, uh, uh, Spectrum is a live podcast where a cool person writes an episode of a TV show they've never seen, and a cool group of people read it aloud. Today's episode is Transparent, written by Lexi Hack, uh, and recorded in the one and only Blue Moon Tavern in Seattle, Washington. readers say their name, the character, or characters they are playing, and uh, their favorite thing about Pride. Um, so, hi, my name is Chris Hottamy. Uh, Dee, would you mind scooting over a bit, uh, so that Andy would have a place to sit on the edge? Or Andy, you could yeah. sit next to me. I have a oh, I meant the... Okay. Okay. Alright, oh. So, hi, my name is Chris Hottamy. I am... Uh, I am... Uh, uh, I'm, I'm the only uh, cis uh, het person on here, so you can call me. Yeah. I know. Uh, uh, but that's why I'm. I, uh, sorry. Uh, so you can call me cis het of me. Workshopping that for eight months. Uh, Jesus. Looks nice. Thank you, thank you. Right, I'm canceled by. Uh, so, Chris, uh, Chris is our diversity, honey. <laughs> you still have a place other than buying like things from corporations that have rainbow icons. So hi, my name is Chris Hottamy. I'll be doing the narrator. And what a coincidence. My favorite sit there. My favorite thing about. I've got a movement that's going on. <sighs> All right. Hi, my name is Chris Hottamy. I'm going to be reading the narration and scene direction. And my favorite thing about Pride is, what a coincidence, the corporations. They're so good and ethical. You should know, for the record, that's a service position. Technically, Chris is my bottom. <laughs> Very accurate. <laughs> no one asked you, dog. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to go next. Yeah. I am Andy. You may have heard of me <laughs> from other minutes earlier tonight. I'm a trans woman, and yeah, this is beautiful. Okay. Um, I, I'm sorry, I gotta go back. What characters are you reading? I am playing Alpha, who's a dude. Hold on. Alpha! And I'm also playing Patrick. He's a dude, too. And then Stephanie and Kathleen. They aren't dudes. Or are they? 
They're dudes. Okay. All of them. Are dudes. Kathleen and Stephanie aren't. I know that uh, Alpha Patrick, Stephanie, and Kathleen does sound like a fight outside mm -hmm. of REI. Valid. <laughs> <laughs> that is valid. Uh, I am D. Martin Austin, and I will be reading the part of Dr. Katie Host. Uh, <laughs> those are three separate things. Dr. Katie and Host. And uh, my favorite part of Pride is uh, uh, I, stuff. I like have to leave my house and people demand that I be social because it's Pride and you can only do that at parties, I guess. Um, and I would much rather do it in my little canopy bit. <laughs> Karina? Hello. Hi. Uh, I'm Karina. I'm going to be reading for Diane. Uh, my favorite part about Pride is the butts, baby! Oh, I have been feeling a little agoraphobic lately, and everyone's cheeks are just keeping me going. <laughs> wobble, wobble, wobble. I really appreciate it. Cheeks! 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 Booty! Booty! Y'all see Big Frida today? No, we did not. Oh, me neither. I was really sad about it. Speaking of ass everywhere, okay. Um, hi, I'm V. I'm gonna be Kathy and SRS, uh, whatever that means. And let's see. My favorite part about Pride was uh, making out with another queer sex worker in front of a bunch of cops. I'm going to be playing Daniel, Robert, and the Destructinator. <laughs> sure. Uh, your guess is as good as mine. Daniel, and Robert, and the Destructinator is my favorite Seattle band. <laughs> you know, they just commissioned, there's a big Frida ice cream flavor now from Ben and Jerry's. Does it taste like ass? I don't, I don't know what it is, but I wish it was Booty, 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 butterscotch everywhere. <laughs> that was better than me giving it. <laughs> Are we going? Let's get this going. All right, so everybody, that's our cast. Give it up for them. <laughs> Time to start Spec Trip Seattle, the first official episode of this franchise. Mama Mia, Papa Pia. Uh, I'm so excited. Thank you all for being here for this uh, monumental thing. It's a big deal for me. I love you all. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So let's start this bad boy up, baby! <laughs> Transparent spec script. Transhumanist parent by Lexi Hack. Open on generic suburban Southern California. The year is... 2089, should have been 2069, uh, but the only visible marker of that is the year on the Marvel movie billboards, and that somehow the Priuses are even uglier. Interior, upscale, LA restaurant, day. This is one of those hyper Los Angeles, all white and glass restaurants that seems designed specifically to keep the staff on constant vigil for dirt. Enter Kathy and Diane, two white women in their 60s. We can tell by their identical flat, sun-blonde hair and aloof attitudes that they are siblings. 
They enter the restaurant already in conversation, and like totally oblivious to all the people around them just trying to do their jobs. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome to the restaurant. Table for two? The sisters brush past her and impatiently wait to be seated without speaking to the poor hostess. I just can't believe Rose is going down to Honduras on a mission trip. She always seemed so well adjusted. Who knew she had the gods app, right? Never guess she would never would have guessed she was a Jesus freak. Would you like a table or a booth? <laughs> wow, I uh, feel like you missed my point about missions being outdated colonial bullshit, but yeah, let's talk about your thing. <laughs> Uh, I guess you never know with that religion stuff, I guess. I guess you just grab some people. Or do you want me to go fuck myself? <laughs> the sisters still seem not to have registered that the hostess has even spoken. It's some real peak old white lady shit. <laughs> it's just so weird. Like, you can know someone for so long, and suddenly they're called by the Lord to uproot their lives. Here's your table. Daniel will be over to be ignored by you shortly. <laughs> I have something I really need to talk to you about. Before I do, I need you to know I've been thinking about this for a long time. Afternoon, y'all. My name's Daniel. How you how's your day going? Diet, Diet Coke. Coke. <laughs> Daniel, a nice young Jewish boy, uh, is doing everything, pulling out all the uh, cheery waiterly stops to try and get the attention of these self-involved women. Poor Sap is slowly realizing what Herculean task that is going to be. He walks away, presumably in hopes of earning their favor through the acquisition of the aforementioned Diet Cokes. Oh my god, is everything okay at home? Are you finally divorcing that human statue of yours? God, Robert's more lifeless than a soggy bowl of cornflakes. Frankly, it's about time. It's gotta be like a fucking rocking chair. Like in a bad way. No, 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 everything is fine with Robert. Wait, what? Why have you never said any of this to me before? Kathy cuts her off in a hurried attempt to change the subject. So your news then, whatever it is, I'm here for you, sis. I stood behind you through much more horrible shit, I'm quite certain. Just then, the waiter arrives with beverages and spirit undiminished by the slings of the service industry. <laughs> what a bright-eyed boob. <laughs> Two Diet Cokes for ya. Brought some waters too, just in case. No straws, though. Gotta save those oceans, right? We're not ready. Ah, <laughs> uh, poor Daniel is drowning. Give up, Daniel. They're not listening. <laughs> okay, I'll come back. <laughs> anyway, I've been thinking about having some surgery. I think I need to make a serious change. Hell yeah, get it, girl. What about that agent tax bracket to start getting things tightened and suctioned and backfilled? What do you want to have done? Nothing like that. It's more, it's more important than that. I need to make a serious change. I haven't told anybody this, but I haven't felt right in my body for years. Wait, you want to change your body? <laughs> yeah, it's all the rage these days. I've always felt in my heart from the very beginning. When it, why did I even support it when one of those famous for nothing reality stars did it? I mean, supporting's one thing. Look, I want to bake them cakes like everyone else. <laughs> but going through, going through yourself is another thing altogether. Aren't you worried about all the pain? The drugs. The rejection. I mean, sure, I support you, but you know, like, 
Not everyone will. God, like, how are you going to tell Dad? I'll find the right moment. Besides, I'm having a party to raise money for the operation. I'll tell everyone there. Daniel returns, two martini glasses in his hands, sly grin on his face. Hi there. Sorry to bother you again. These were bartender mistakes, so I thought I might leave these here in case you ladies want to have an extra fun lunch. We're still not ready. You're right. What was I thinking? <laughs> Daniel walks off again, battling back tears. You really think people are going to give you money to have a doctor to do that to your body? I don't see why not. People give money to Kickstarters that never deliver all the time. This is a way better investment than that. Daniel returns to the table. His nose is red and his eyes are puffy. He's had a good old-fashioned walk-in cry. <laughs> Alright. You gotta be ready now. What are we having? Well, I'm having the salmon. Uh, but can I get brown rice and no, like, sauce or whatever? And I'll have the Caesar salad. No dressing, no cheese. Congrats on the worst orders possible! <laughs> what was that? Oh, that you can hear? You gotta get yourself out of this place, Dan. You said it was just to finish college, and now look at you. <laughs> but robot arms, Diane? I guess I just don't understand why. Because it's something I've always known, Kathy. <laughs> I told you before, I'm a transhumanist. I just believe really strongly that humans as a species have an imperative to better ourselves however possible to ensure our survival as a species. <laughs> Look, robots are going to do most of our jobs, alright? It's inevitable that we should co-evolve into a hyper-intelligent hybrid species. We can be capable of so much, Kathy. Okay, like, sure, fine, maybe. Uh, but like, how's the future of the human race uh, gonna be insured by middle-aged white women getting goddamn robot arms. <laughs> like, what do you even want them for? You're, like, not an athlete or a scientist or, like, even a famous person fading from the limelight, like, desperately in need of attention. So, like, why? Like, why robot arms? Why? Honestly, security guard in my office has them. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I just want those buff security guard arms. <laughs> Interior, living room. Diane, her husband, and their three children gather around a palatial open-plan living room. Seriously, like, this fucker could seat a whole commuter bus. Like, it could be a music venue, like the iconic Blue Moon in the University <laughs> District of Seattle. And a decent-sized one, too. Yeah, I already said that. Like an arcade fire would play there. Like, like arcade fire now, not in their heyday. Like, like time of writing now and not like setting now. Like Dave Matthews could walk down the street and play here. Oh, this bit really got away from me. Uh, it's kind of a living room that makes you feel like you must have to feed at smaller living rooms to stay alive. <laughs> Like mortal engines. Uh, wait, what did you? <laughs> I just added a joke about a Peter Jackson produced movie, Mortal Engines, about a movie. These cities that drive around on wheels and they eat smaller cities. Uh, like, all right. <laughs> okay, kids. I brought you all here because I have some news I need to share with you. 
You all owe me. I called that mom was transgender years ago. <laughs> Patrick, Diane's son, has olive skin, a shaved bald head, and a dark goatee. It's not a great look, frankly. <laughs> Get this dude in a black suit and he'll be playing the devil on his own USA procedural <laughs> show. <laughs> Mom, you know we'd support your transition. I mean, what kind of monster would it support someone's valid medical condition, or more importantly, your self-determined identity? <laughs> Katie has a real problematic yoga instructor vibe. <laughs> Her dark hair is stacked in a high messy bun on top of her head. You get the impression that she spent two hours this morning making sure she looked just properly disheveled. Well, it's sort of like that anyway. It concerns identity. Well, it's just, it's a little hard to find the words. It's just, I've had this conversation a lot in my head, but now that it's real, you know. For God's sakes, Diane, you're not dying. Kids, your mother wants to get robot arms. <laughs> Robert is a severe, severe, severe older man with dark skin and salt and pepper hair and a mustache. He seems, oh boy, he seems disgusted by even having this conversation. Like if you just told your boss you were fucking his daughter right after you farted in an elevator, you were both in. Oh boy, he's not happy is what I'm getting at. My mother is a transhumanist. This isn't how you raised us. We were such a normal family. Stephanie, the youngest, is home from college. She's wearing a chambray sundress over a white t-shirt. Think Phoebe from Friends meets Mennonite chic. Well, you did go to all those pride parades, and Mom has always had that squeaky dead voice robot assistant. It's the 27th century, Katie. Everyone goes to those fucking pride parades. Yeah, yeah, we sorted that whole situation with the queers out decades ago. <laughs> yeah, red Tide. Hey, those are good times. It really brought us together, right? Murdering all those bigots and billionaires, am I right? Yeah! <laughs> Diane and Robert look longingly at each other, wistful about their adolescent rampage. Christ, I hate it when you talk about this. Like, I know we solved all of society's ills, and that's why we can't be on a stupid show about nothing like this one, but still, yikes. You know we didn't do it for the grandkids. <laughs> We did it for you. We didn't want you to be haunted by the sight of those stacks of burning bodies. But we did it so you could live in this nice, fancy house, so everyone could live in nice, fancy houses, and your mother and I would just appreciate a little gratitude. I feel like we lost the thread a little. Mom wants to have surgery, remember? 
I just feel dumbfounded. I never would have guessed my mom was a robophile. <laughs> it's less about the surgery and more about who I really am, and I don't love that word, honey. <laughs> it's about my identity, an identity I felt in my heart for a long time. Why would anyone be expected to be able to guess at my identity or philosophy based on my mannerisms or appearance? That would be insane. <laughs> but you'll never be a real robot. <laughs> or a real woman anymore, for that matter. Like, you'll always have, like, human DNA. <laughs> now, Patrick, you know it's not about that. Real is what we define it as. Am I a real murderer? <laughs> or am I a hero of our time? I get to decide for myself. We each get to, to determine who we are, and no one else can make that determination for us. Can we get back to why you're doing this? Like, what's wrong with the arms God gave you? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with them purse, except being flabby old lady arms. <laughs> Diane flaps and pinches her old lady arms. <laughs> They're admittedly pretty gross. It's just that ever since Meredith from up the street got that full leg replacement after that bad fall, I've just been thinking it would be so cool to be part robot. <laughs> to be the future, you know? But Meredith needed her hip replaced. <laughs> The only thing you need is a hobby that isn't paying attention to what your neighbors are doing. Cut to black. We open on a group therapy scene in a church basement. The same church basement slash community centers, multi-purpose room, and a fourth grade math classroom that has hosted every group therapy session since the dawn of time. Chairs are arranged in a half circle, conveniently around the camera. <laughs> Let us begin with our opening prayer. The group leader, SRS 4000, is a... <laughs> Beep boop. Uh, is a middle-aged person with a long, ragged, dark uh, hair and a ring around the metal cap on the top of their skull and a slow, wizened speech pattern. Like your psycho, uh, psycho, like your psycho, not a uh, high school counselor. If they got real into black alley body modification, back alley mod, <laughs> back alley body mod. If they got, oh, oh, it's so easy, isn't it? If they got real into Reading back alley body modification instead of LSD, which is what I took right before this. Uh, they, they have one metal hand, and you can guess by their lumpy turtleneck, they've done all kinds of wild shit to their body.
I see we have some new faces with us today. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Let us know your name, your pronouns, and what cybernetic surgery you've had. I'll start. My name is Osiris4000. I use they, them pronouns. I've been a trans transhumanist since, wow, 2004. <laughs> had my first surgery that year. Had a USB 6.0 port installed in my hand. God, they said that was gonna be the last version for sure. <laughs> Alpha speaks first. He's your classic tech bro type. If tech bros were left unchecked to ruin our rent prices and our downtown spaces for another 70 years. He's tall and worryingly tan. Uh, you get the impression his hobbies include crushing it at a lot of different things. Hi, I'm Alpha. I use he, him pronouns. I had my phone's headset implanted in my ear, and I also had these sick rollerblade wheels out of my feet. Hi, Kathleen speaks next. She's our casual transhumanist. She is a middle-aged woman with a severe dyed black bob and two arched painted on eyebrows. She has two metal legs and that comically uh, and that comically dwarf the rest of her body. Hi, I'm Kathleen. I had double total leg replacement last year instead of a hip replacement. And I gotta say this group is just so peachy. You all meet down here to discuss robot parts and the fate of humanity and all? And Oh yeah, I use she/her pronouns. Hi, Kathleen. I'm the destructinator. <laughs> I use GJM pronouns. I have both my legs replaced with AR-15. <laughs> also, there's a flashlight in my left forefinger. The Destructinator is a real edgelord type, chubby and short, although the latter is hard to tell since she sits in a wheelchair on what appear to be guns where Jewish legs used to be. She's wearing a t-shirt with the emblem of some fake internet nation, probably whatever the late 21st century version of Kekistan is. Honestly, it's probably just a real white supremacist nation of Kekistan that uh, the Proud Boys carved out in Utah in the chaos of the Red Tide. Hi, Destructinator. Hello, everyone. I use uh, she, her pronouns. I haven't actually had any surgery yet, but I've been doing a lot of thinking, and I think I'd really like to get robot arms. Diane is visibly uncomfortable. She is plastered with this weird, confused look that tourists from Arkansas give when they accidentally walk through trans pride on the hill. Wait, you haven't had the surgery yet? How can you even call yourself a transhumanist? Well, I, I just wanted to get some information, some perspective. Seems like you wanted to spectate on our culture, Karen. Now, now, Alpha, we all run on different software. <laughs> Some people's upgrades take longer than others. How about this? 
let's talk about why we all got our first cybernetic surgery. Well, I put the flashlight in my own forefinger. Gotta be seven years ago. Honestly, I had just known for so long that I needed to be a robot person. <laughs> Plus, my buddy dared me I wouldn't do it on myself without anesthetic. <laughs> Made a hundred bucks that day. <laughs> Spent it all on reparative surgery and rejection meds to fix what a bad job I did. But the point is, I did it myself. I used to teach programming and computer science. I was friends with a lot of the early pioneers, the true devoted, you know. I remember when Fembot uh, 459 was still Susie. I'm sure she wouldn't mind me saying she's just so public about it now. Um, anyway, I admired her dedication, and so, like, so far, it. So, to go so far and simply have all of her organs scooped out and replaced with a Coke freestyle machine was just such, such a bold move. Anyway, inspirational. I had a... Uh, doctor <laughs> put a neural enhancement array in my brain the next year worked great for the better part of a decade until things started shorting and I could only speak Yiddish for about nine months <laughs> Ooh, wild times wild times well I was tired of renting those push scooters everywhere I go and then abandoning them in as convenient a place as possible just wasn't filling my tank anymore. So that's why the wheels. <laughs> also, I can get around my giant ugly glass office building balls so fast. <laughs> and well, I had a nasty accident. And Broke both my hips, trampled in a Black Friday sale at a Trader Joe's. And that was just after the time issue came with Stevo Tron on the cover. That article really opened my eyes to this new frontier of human accomplishment. How did I not know any of that? <laughs> I don't know that now really is the time to litigate your narcissism. <laughs> we'll be here all day, and these people have real problems. <laughs> and also this poser is still using her Meat name. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Using my, my what now? <laughs> Meat name. Most of us transhumanists take different names to distance ourselves from any reminders of our horrifying fleshy past. That's what this thing is really all about. It's about transcending our meaty origins and becoming something more. Something
Yeah. From what I've been reading, it's more about an identity, about identifying with a philosophy. <laughs> Sorry. Fisla? Sorry. A fisla? Sorry, this is a glitch. <laughs> Googling. Googling. With a philosophy of radical self-improvement. It's not just about robot Pilates, Diane. Look, I didn't help instigate a bloody rebellion just to be questioned about my choices by some punk kids, all right? What do we say in those days? My body, my choice? That's right, they're my arms to replace with robot ones, okay? And I do care about transcending my human limits. I want to live on long into the future and welcome that future with my big, muscly, rippling, chrome goddamn robot arms! that even following a murderous populist rebellion needlessly hitting on uninterested femmes is alive and well. <laughs> Interior, a white sterile doctor's office. Shut up. The walls are decorated with a combination of the usual medical charts and a bunch of diagrams, a circuitry, and gears. Diane paces nervously around the room, biting her nails. Enter the doctor, a young woman who looks just out of residency. She's not even 30, uh, but she has short, dark, curly hair and a too open expression that makes it seem like she's not just listening to what you say, she's cataloging it for later use against you. Wow, what is this, a character from Grey's Anatomy like we've had on Spectrum, written by Douglas Gale and Ryan Patrick Casey? Sponsored ad. <laughs> Good morning, uh, Diane. My name is Monica Pilar. What brings you to my office today? Well, I, uh, I think I might be a transhumanist. And I've been thinking a lot about talking about it a lot. <laughs> I think I'm ready to really get started. Well, that's fantastic, Diane. You're in fantastic hands. <laughs> Oops, I'm bad. Um, the doctor pulls up her sleeves to reveal fully metal hands and arms. The plates are smooth and even. They move with a natural smoothness. Gope myself. That's my little joke for myself. It's so funny. I should do comedy. <laughs> Good hands. Good one, Monica. She seems thoroughly pleased with herself, taking great pleasure in a C-minus joke at best. Oh, that was a good joke. 
Eh, let the jury decide. Uh, Diane is not similarly amused. She stands mouth agape, like a grizzly waiting to catch a salmon. You get the impression she was looking for a little more gravitas than this. Yeah, funny that. I actually wanted to get metal arms like that myself. Ooh, a double cyber brachiectomy. <laughs> Thrilling. I presume you've got your letter then? Let me see it and we can talk details. My letter? From your therapist, explaining that you've thought all this through and you understand that this is about an identity and a lifestyle, not just a surgery. Well, I, I didn't expect. I just thought, you know. You just thought you could money your way through this like you try to do everything else? <laughs> what? Look, there's a process to these things. Go get your letter, live as a robot for a few months, and see how it feels. Start telling your coworkers you're a robot. Many of them won't take it well. You need to be prepared for these things, Diane. <laughs> All right, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't get it. Why all the red tape? It's just a surgery, and I want it, like, a lot. Well, what if you want to go back? What if you decide you don't want to have robot arms, and you want to go back? Plenty of people come in my office looking to get real cool for their friends. I gotta say, it feels really bad to have someone else tell me how I'm allowed to treat my body based on what hoops I've jumped through. All right? Seems like all this red tape might just be designed to punish people like me for being and feeling how we are in the first place. Beep boop. <laughs> beep boop. Beep boop. Beep boop. Beep boop. Beep boop. You know, Diane, it does seem a little insane and a lot harmful to gatekeep people's happiness like this. Sure, that's why we haven't done this shit to trans people or queers in decades. Self-centered aging millennials looking to recapture the limelight, on the other hand. Doctor looks to camera, fade to black, the end. Thank hey, you so yeah. much. Hey.
ain't cap, ain't cap, ain't cap. The only good cop is Robocop. Uh, Robocop is an American masterpiece. He's American Jesus. Peter Weller is a. Apply to my pronoun. <laughs> the end. Okay, uh, our next one uh, here is going to be on September 19th. So take the summer off. You know, go to a nude beach, uh, and then come back on September 19th uh, for a cool show. And just like us on Facebook and Instagram to find out what show it is. Uh, other things to say is, hey, uh, this went great. We love you so much. Give it up for the blue moon. Woo -hoo! Staff uh, in uh, right after our September show, come to the Big Pine Comedy Festival. Again, that's what we call Chris's crunch, Sack and Flagstaff. Sack and Flagstaff, I hate you. Uh, Alright, everybody, that's been it. So just before, remember that we will always be in Portland, but now we're always going to be in Sacramento. On July 26th, we're going to be in Tacoma. Maybe we'll go to Santa Cruz. We're going to go to Flagstaff. We're going to go back to Sacramento. We are going to maybe go to Ohio. We're going to go to New Hampshire. And we're going to go all the way to Washington, D.C. For listening to SpecScript, come to our next live episode this Sunday, September 15th, 3 p.m. at Rose City Comic Con as Karina Lucas writes Doctor Who. Karina was in Transparent and wrote Doctor Who, Mamma Mia! <laughs> <laughs>